You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. is almost gone. This is what I meant. Summer is almost gone. And so being a, uh, a man of much, 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 much better sense than me, uh, Dave Davies is out enjoying the last week of summer. Uh, he and his wife, Mary, are currently barrel, literally, I, 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 I swear to you, they are barreling down Whistler Mountain on, uh, on, on their hopped up mountain bikes with all sorts of padding and gear and all that sort of stuff. And um, I think he's absolutely crazy, but he's doing the right thing, going out there and enjoying the last of the glorious sun. We have Christine Schackinger sit, uh, sitting in. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us, Christine. Thank you for having me. I always like to sub in when I can. Uh, this is a, and this is, a, this is a good week to have you jump again because it's a, uh, a really busy week. A lot has happened. Google's um, making um, changes in the way it does stuff. We still have the bookend of... Uh, the uh, uh, core updates to think about that 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 uh, recently ran. And there's so much going on, but the neatest thing I found of all of all today was uh, Robert Scoble tease that I saw on Facebook. Did you hear that TikTok might have bought a virtual reality company? I did not, but oh my gosh! I mean, think about that for a second. Like like the possibilities oh. of that for a sec, eh? I don't know though. You know, virtual. Sure, it really hasn't taken off. I mean, Facebook put a lot of money in Oculus, and I mean, the gamers use it. But I mean, I couldn't point to ten of the people I know that do. Uh, uh, 
I think it's an area that we really got to start paying attention to. I got this feeling that the uh, the metaverse, the area that's um, becoming a VR. Um, imagine if virtual reality and Minecraft got got blended together. That's where I see the uh, the web going in the really near future, or at least a big part of the web. And I think that marketers need to pay a lot of attention. And I, this isn't going to be like like uh, Second Life or or, or anything like that. Um, I think it's going to be a much more serious space. TikTok certainly has the heft to bring users there, right? You know, maybe. I don't know. Like, people go to TikTok for 15-second videos. So, I don't know. Are they going to immerse themselves in a virtual reality space? What was that? uh, I don't know. What was that that Metaverse uh, movie that was uh, a Ready Player One? Um, Yeah. I uh, action packed. I hope the I honestly hope that the, the real metaverse is a better script, but um, <laughs> anyway, TikTok may have bought a virtual reality company. There's a Robert Scoble tease on Facebook. Robert Scoble usually has his thumb on stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. So, um, anyone who's interested in that space or interested in VR, um, I think TikTok's interest is something to be interested in. If you lived in the UK, you might be uh, surprised by a whole bunch of changes happening. I mean, just as many changes as if you were an SEO working with Google. Um, one of the changes you might actually welcome. <laughs> um, the <laughs> EU, how to say it, in, over here in North America, we don't really care a lot about privacy. We just don't give a damn, to, to be quite honest. In the EU, the exact opposite is true. The um, the, the, the uh, European European Union, at least the European Union's Parliament, cares a hell of a lot about privacy so much that they came up with the uh, data privacy laws. Um, Christine, you, you must have had to click permission on all sorts of um, ways that cookies can track you. Yes, every day, many times. Was, okay, so you've gotten to the point now where you're just sitting okay. You don't even care how the cookies are tracking you anymore. You just want to get to the Guardian article, right? No. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, whatever. You were tracking me before. I don't really care. <laughs> well, have you ever actually gone behind that curtain and, and, and tried to click off the number of – I mean, it, it, can get, it can get kind of nutty. It can, and also sometimes I've done that, and they go, oh, well, sorry. You can't read our stuff now. <laughs> like, well, indeed, yeah. Yeah. So those um, cookie warnings had to be baked into every site that was going to um, be collecting data off of uh, – EU citizens, so much so that, I mean, it's just become a matter of course for international states to have those cookie warnings built onto them. But the UK is saying, you know what, this is part of the part of the Brexit that we were really happy about. We're not going to do that anymore. So the, so the UK is going to come up with its own data protection laws that are going to be more, quote unquote, flexible than um, the EU's, whatever that might mean. Um, functionally, it means an end to having to click OK every time you go to a website. Well, at least for the EU, right? <laughs> Apparently in the United States, there's like six states with their own data privacy laws and there might be 50 by the time we get to the end of next year. So I think we need to just come up with a standard. I honestly, I honestly got to say that it really depends on how California voters vote, should they turn out to vote in the next, uh, in the, uh, the, the, in the, in the uh, upcoming uh, referendum, um, governor's referendum. Um if uh, the state remains blue, you're likely to see data protection in California. If the state goes red, you're likely to see 
no data protection. And like Texas with school books, um, that'll likely influence how the other states go. Definitely possible. I don't know how, which states, I don't remember which states in the U.S. added their own this year, but I think it's six or seven states now have their own data privacy laws. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. If, if, if people, I don't know, if people, people knew what their, how <laughs> say it, it's funny, our individual data is worth very little individually. I mean, there's just so much of it out there that they got to bulk it together to make it worth stealing and then handing around or, or selling or anything. But to the economy of the web, that is everything. I mean, it's, 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 it's like the oxygen in the blood that flows through the web, eh? Yeah, definitely. They, they uh, call it the new gold rush. Data is worth more than gold. Gold's worth quite a bit. Well, so, uh, probably not by weight, but I, 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 I get what you're saying. <laughs> not by weight, no. By bite, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, okay, so that don't know where that's going. Don't know what the new rules in um, the UK are going to be. But I do remember reading that the EU has hired the privacy commissioner who used to work for New Zealand. So if you want to know what they're going to be, look at what happened in New Zealand recently. And I'm sorry, I, don't, I honestly don't know what that was, but, you know, I, 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 I think that. that I think data privacy is very important. I just think, unfortunately, with so many people trying to do it individually, the EU and then UK and then California and then the six states and probably 50, uh, it makes it so unwieldy that people just don't care. They won't follow it. I think if you had like more generalized, standardized worldwide practices on privacy or at least U.S. privacy versus, you know, uh, the whole of Europe, it might be a little bit easier, but I don't think people care at this point because they, like you said, we just clicked through it's just another, I'm just trying to read an article. Why are you asking me this stuff? I think is how a lot of people think of it. Well, our relationship to privacy, I think, cares very much about the, um, or just how to say this delicately, the political opinion we're trying to express at that very moment. Um <laughs> Some people didn't want a vaccine. They thought it, it threw a data chip in them whilst carrying their cell phones everywhere they went. I mean, again, yeah. the relationship with privacy exactly. is kind of um, relational to what you're thinking at any given time. Exactly. Um, that's very frustrating. Exactly. Oh, by the way, just to jump in real quick, just a personal note. Yeah. I went to my first thing last night where they checked vaccine cards. Was, it was very nice. you went, well, first off, that means you went to a live event where other people I, were present. I was my first time in 16 months. Okay, so yeah. what, what 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 was that? A restaurant, a theater, <laughs> a, a bus ride? Like like? <laughs> um, Magic Mike dress rehearsal. Or undress rehearsal? <laughs> Magic Mike. The, the, okay, this is the. Um, okay. <laughs> and I have to say, by the way, it was actually more like Magic Mike meets Cirque du Soleil. So it was the elevated above just like a regular like mail review show. So it was actually really well done. So he and was he was like most like like a good circle performer. Well, hug. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no, that, but it was nice. They went in and it was a dress rehearsal. So we were totally safe, not masks and 10 feet away from anybody. Staff is vaccinated. Dancers are vaccinated. Everyone there was vaccinated. So but it was just a nice feeling to go in and know that you're, you know, maybe somebody would be in there with a fake card, but basically that you were relatively safe. Especially if you had your mask on. You say a card. What was your what was your passport? Uh, is it a uh, QR code on your phone, or is it a physical card that you that you show? Oh yeah, no, the United States isn't that up on it yet. It's just a card you got when you 
your vaccine. It has your name on it and it has your vaccinations, which ones you got and when you got them. Okay, because uh, the provinces of Quebec and British Columbia in Canada just released uh, vaccine passports that were QR codes. Um, the province of Ontario is flirting with the idea, and it's very likely to be uh, mandated across Canada by the middle of, of September. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm, going, I'm just quite curious how the, how the codes work and how people react to using them, or, or passports um, of some sort or another. Everybody was great last night because everyone knew before they went that they had to show a vaccine card, and that's why they were there, I think. So everyone we talked to in line was happy to have them. Uh, check vaccines. So that was good. And then they looked at your vaccine card. It was a dress rehearsal where most people knew somebody in the cast. So they didn't do IDs with the passports, which would be better. <laughs> but uh, but I think they weren't that worried about it last night. Uh, but it was nice. It was nice. You showed it to them. They checked it and then they let you in. And I wore my, you know, my N95 mask the whole time to be safe. But um, most people had their masks on still. But at least I think People felt more normal. People were just having a good time and they weren't so worried about, you know, the vaccine being in the room. Well, there's I mean the virus being in the room, not the vaccine being in the room. There's going to be some emergence of a normal that harkens back to the before times of like a year and a half ago. It'll be interesting to see what it's like. I mean, I, I don't see us all wearing gas masks um in movie theaters moving forward but i do see us wearing um uh protective masks uh well into the well into the winter perhaps even into the spring um but i can also see us you know in a best case scenario actually getting this disease um this virus under control by um However, you get there, whether, whether it's voluntary or, or coerced, because you're being sort of muscled out of going into public life by all of us yeah. getting vaccinated. I mean, like, it's honestly could be over in a matter of 16 or so weeks. But we got We just got to do it. You know, it, 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 take the plunge. Um, worry about the about possible side effects that have not happened to not happened to millions of other people um, later. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was nice. It did feel, as you said, relatively normal. It's the first time I've really been out. You know, I went to a movie with a mask on once, but that's about it. Um, and outside, you know, meals with friends. But um, but yeah, it was great. It, people were, you know, having a good time, like normal. You, know, you didn't have that feeling over the room, like everyone was worried about, you know, infecting each other. So it was it was good. And it was a great I have to admit, it was a great show. I have to say the new Magic Mike review was worth seeing. I'd even go pay to see it again because oh, it was yeah. elevated. It wasn't just like a male review. There was as many men in the audience as with their girlfriends and wives as there were women. So. I, 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 again, I do, I, I do have to hope that somebody had the uh, presence of mind to uh, call it an undressed review. But. <laughs> um. Good way to put it. <laughs> okay, we got it. We got a couple minutes before we got to go to take our first break here. Um, you remember the, you remember the uh, short, um, the short uh, Google link spam algorithm uh, update that was going to get going to be over two weeks long and being bang done. Uh, yeah. Google was going to clear out a whole bunch of spam. It just finished running two weeks after its two week scheduled run, um, so it took a whole month to get through. No doubt it tells you been affected or not. I think you'd probably know it if you have been. Um, not a lot of answers out there, but it finished 
running two days ago. Uh, officially, Danny Sullivan um, announced it was uh, done. I am curious why they announced it, because the Penguin algorithm has been in the live algorithm set, although it's not really live, for years. So why announce a separate um, spam algorithm? I'm not sure why, why it was announced as opposed to just running like normal. I mean, obviously, it's a separate algorithm of some sort, but why was it separate? What was it focusing on that the other one that was already there doesn't? You mean like had Google found out or thought of a uh, specific uh, spread, a pernicious type of link link factory or uh, 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 building technique? I have to think it's something like that because Penguin has been in the live algorithm since I believe 2016. And that one is runs every three to four months and it gets rid of, you know, spammy bad links. So why, why a link spam algorithm separate from that? Because this isn't that. This is separate, right? This they ran it. It doesn't run in the live set. So, uh, and the other thing is, this is why I tell people to use a disavow when they have a lot of spammy links. Because you could go down and have done nothing wrong and not spammed yourself. Because for a period of time, they will give you a boost. And you'll think you're doing better. And then Google figures out that they're spammy. And then it gets rid of them. You lose the boost. So, People might go down who did actually nothing wrong with their site, have never bought a link ever, but might have had a bunch of link spam. No, no, quick important thing to note before um, some nefarious person goes off and tries to link spam their competition out of existence. It doesn't work that way. What Christine's saying no. is by link spamming them, you might give them a temporary bump. And when Google figures it out, they'll just flatten out to where they used to be because um, Google doesn't depreciate you for those. It just doesn't care about them. It's right. Just doesn't give a damn. Exactly. Back in the the days of what I call the unethical penguin algorithm, because people could lose their sites for two years before they ran it again. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. That oh, no, was sorry, 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 I didn't mean to interrupt you. People hurt each other that way. Yeah, very much. You, the the penguin years were if you were not in SEO at the time. The Penguin years were some of the worst algorithms I think Google has ever written as far as unfairness and uh, an ethics questions. But uh, with the what what you just said with the the spam, there's always this uh, debate in the industry: should we have disavow? Should you use disavow? Don't use disavow if you have like five, ten percent spammy links. Everyone has spammy links, and if you get rid of them all, it looks weird anyways to Google. But as Jim just said, if so, you've got 30, 40 percent, someone just sent like. I know a couple of us had like a Russian porn spam issue like two years ago. We we're all getting massive Russian porn spam links and ranking for Russian porn spam. Um, Google doesn't, you know, annihilate those links instantaneously. It has to recall the web and reassess. And so there can be like three or four months in there where you're getting this boost from those spammy links. And then when the spammy links go away, um, when the live penguin algorithm runs or when this one ran and you would depreciate, but it wouldn't be that you ever bought a link. It'd just be that someone pointed a bunch at you. But as Jim said, you don't want to do it because you're just going to increase your competitor. <laughs> they don't get devalued when they go down. They just take away the, the value of those links if they had value um, when they were assigned. Yeah, so it's a whole bunch of work just to give them a little bit and have them come back to exactly where they were or approximately where they was before. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. On that, we got to go somewhere that we've been before, too. We got to go to a commercial break here on Webcology on the 26th of August, 2021. So on behalf of Christine Schackinger, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You folks are listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. Again, this is recorded live to podcast on the uh, 26th of August, 2021. 
we're back after these messages. Maximum customer engagement and retention. Choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony. Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined today by Christine Chackinger from Site Without Walls. Um, Dave is barely down the side of a mountain on a mountain bike, which any sensible web bastard would be doing this time of year. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find uh, this, this this is a fun fun little one for ironies. Um, you know how uh, uh, Google has been slowly marginalizing the um, PP, the PPC workers, much like the marginalized SEOs a few years ago. You know, they stopped delivering keywords here. They stopped delivering link reports there. They pulled data here, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, in the, the for a while, uh, Google was limiting uh, uh, keyword data that, uh, that, 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 that PPC workers were seeing. And recently, a glitch in... Uh, Google's Keyword Planner, which is used primarily by people uh, uh, planning PPC, um, stopped the Keyword Planner from showing, um, well, keywords. <laughs> it wasn't showing, which it wasn't displaying keywords at all. You could export them, but if you, you know, logged in and tried to juggle them around on, on screen, um, you, 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 you'd, you'd just see a blank screen. No data for you. No data for you. Um, so yeah, the keyword keyword planner is not or was not showing keywords. It may be showing them again. Uh, I, uh, but as of uh, the beginning of the show, I, I, it wasn't. If it isn't showing them for you, hit export. You'll get an Excel or a Google Sheets file full of them. Um, but uh, on screen, no. I, I've noticed in uh, both Google Analytics and in Google Search Console, that um, as I drag my mouse around over top of um, data points or data points on graphs, every once in a while, they also disappear. I have to refresh the page to make a functional page, um, which I really think should uh, score against, um, you know, something, uh, some, somehow score against Google, but <laughs> I can't make that happen. Um, so, the, um, so there you go. That I always I, again, I just the irony in uh, Google Google literally cutting off the hands that pays it. Um, funny. <laughs> Google do that? What? <laughs> it, they might. So to clarify a few things here, um, your desktop 
and mobile pages do not have to match themselves exactly because the desktop environment and the mobile environment kind of look different. So Google doesn't expect them to look exactly the same, but they really got to be the same page. They got to function, do the same thing, have the same purpose. If you're selling sneakers on the desktop version of the sneakers page, be sure you're selling the same sneakers on the mobile version. You might have a different display inventory, but be sure it's the same, you know, inventory. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think the article that it's uh, by the amazing Barry Schwartz, um, mm -hmm. the title's a little misleading because it says Google mobile and desktop pages don't have to match, but they must have filled the same purpose. And the person was asking John about pagination and could you yeah. have like eight pages paginated and 16 pages paginated, but your content still has to be the same. Like, so if you have a list of a hundred items and you break them by six, eight, 10 or 12 differently on mobile and desktop, you still have the same content. Yeah. You're right? still, again, you're still marketing from the same database. Um, yeah. Same yeah. sneakers inventory. Yeah. So when they say though it doesn't have to it doesn't have to match, they don't mean the content doesn't have to match. So if the content's not in your mobile site, you won't rank for it. Now you can add content to your desktop site you don't care about, but you're if you don't have it in the mobile, you won't rank for it. Because of mobile first indexing. So similarly, clicks on emails, social media and pays ads have no effect whatsoever on your website's landing pages um, or on the on the website in general. Um, we have to say this because it was said. So we said it. <laughs> I was wondering when I read that, I was like, what? Haven't we gone over this since 2004? <laughs> we have. But remember, every remember every year brings a new group of people into this uh, this industry we have. And they that's all true. they all have the same kind of questions, right? Yeah. Um, it used, used to be that we had uh, fields and barns that you could go behind to ask these questions. But nobody goes outside anymore. <laughs> well, and there is one thing I think that gets confused, and that is um, clicks on emails and newsletters don't. I was just adding clicks on the search engine results that they use that for post order short or for machine learning later. But often people say clicks on your your you know your listing in the search results means you get you know higher position, and it doesn't. You don't get increased ranking factors. You just might get sorted higher for that query at that time. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, now the fun stories. We got a couple. We got a couple good ones this week, and I wanted to save them until this segment because we can usually go a little bit overtime in this segment, and we we might have to. Um, first one, and this is the uh, the big controversial one. Um. Google, okay. <laughs> when I first saw this story, Christine and industries, you might you might forgive me. A couple of weeks ago, when I first saw the inklings of the this story popping up, I sort of dismissed it, thinking, "Well, hell, Google's always been doing this." But this is a bit different. Google is uh, actively rewriting um, titles. Um, you, you know, your, your meta title, you 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 know, angle bracket title, angle bracket what you write and angle and uh, title angle bracket. Google's changing that sometimes substituting the first second third h1 or an h2 or whatever it thinks um, is descriptive of the content it finds on the page. 
and it might be different um, snippets based on the content it's extracting from the page. Bottom line, um, in what Google claims is about 20% of cases, one in five, titles are being changed in the search results. Um, and uh, the, the, the other thing, the, it's not necessarily based on the query um, that the, the user is putting in. It's based, again, on Google's interpretation of the data. And people got a problem with this, of course, because there's marketing messages in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in the title. And Christine, what do you think of this? I think Google scrapes sites and should stop acting like they own them. Like they scrape the site to get the information for the search results so they can sell ads. That's the basic premise of Google. And it's a mutual relationship. You scrape my site, that's great. I get traffic, I make money, you make money, that's good. But Google's getting more and more invasive into this, this area where they think that they own what you have when they put it on their site. And they don't, they don't have any rights to your stuff. So they've replaced title tags for a decade or more. They've actually replaced them with things like, I've seen sites, where they replaced it with code that was in the page, or they replaced it with an H2 or whatever, but, but they replaced it poorly, but they didn't do it that often that you worried about it. I am seeing in back channels, SEOs losing traffic because Google doesn't write a title tag better if you write it well. Indeed. Google has, Google has never written a title tag better or a description better if you already write it well. And so there should be a way to tell Google, you do not rewrite my title tags. They're gonna allow us to report issues to them. They really should be in search console I don't touch my title tags like setting because it's not okay what they do to me. See, this is an ethics question to me. I think, I think, I, sorry to cut you off. I think it should be on a page on a page thing, by the way. I, I think you should, maybe you should have a, a thing that you can click in the search console, but damn it. I think you should have on page control as well. Yeah. Um, and title new tag uh, rel equals don't screw with me. Yeah. Just you know? a meta tag, right? They could add a meta tag to their cold base. Like, you know, in a month, probably could write the whole code and everything to handle that. Um, but they, this idea that they should, they always know better, that they always do it better, but they don't. I know people with very large sites right now that are suffering declines because Google changed the title tag to what they think it should be. And it doesn't bring in the user because it's not only about matching what's in the page. It's about it being written in a way that the user will click. And that's what writing a good title tag is about, right? There's more than one level it's not just the words it's how the words display in the title tag in the serps that gets people to click through so if you add a pipe you add a emoji <laughs> whatever you happen to put there you probably added it because you're getting better click results because of the way your title tag appeared in the other in you know, other items in the serps so i just think we're approaching an ethical issue here again where when it was you know small amount when they were doing it on some queries that's fine 20 25 percent they're about in the corner somewhere. I think that's a real problem. I don't think it's fair that Google and other people are like, it's not fair, it's Google's right, whatever. But um, that Google's taking your hard work that you spent time researching and writing and making sure it was the right representation for your company and the right tone and the right image and the right the, the, you know, the CRO person to make sure it puts through. And Google goes, yeah, we're just going to take the passage out of your third column down and we're going to put it there. And they're also injecting things like code into there, lowercase URL slugs. Like they're taking this, this garbage from anywhere and just pushing it into the title tag. Okay, so that's my rant. What do you, 
it's a good rant and it's important rant. and i you know, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you i think that your website is your property and um you invest time energy money and you know perhaps even your future into said property and uh we give google an awful lot of content with it with which it makes billboard for which it just you know its purpose is to place a billboard beside that's what we create billboard yeah. placements um and we do it willingly because you know as, as you said christine it's a trade-off for visibility um google makes makes the web visible which someone you know had to do it well google does it better than anyone else but there's a reason the tags are written the way they're written there may be a branding reason or, or as you um Martin McDonald and Lily Ray have all pointed out, there is very likely a conversion reason. It's written this yes. way because this gets the clicks. Yes. It, um, sorry? Oh, no, I just to say, I could compare this to my, my family's country store in Virginia that I helped them work for years, right? It was between two towns. There's no reason to stop there. And then a big sign that you could see from the roadway from like half a mile, quarter mile away. And they put up their specials there every week or they put up what was on sale or they put up whatever they wanted to promote. Now imagine like the state could just come by and go, eh, yeah, 50% off sale. We're just going to change that. We're just going to, we're just going to put up what we want there. And you're like, but I want 50% off. And you're like, no, you don't have any say in it because we decided it should present this way. And people stopped stopping at my parents' store because the sign no longer gives them a reason to come in. It's no different. It's just on the web. So it's like Google's like, we're the boss. This is our search results. So we're just going to change them because we feel we have the right to. And you're like, well, great. Now I don't have the clicks, the conversions, the money coming into my store, my site that you scrape because you rewrote title tags on things that were bringing me a lot of traffic, but your rewrites dropped my traffic. So what are you going to do about it? There's uh, <laughs> two things you can do. One, you can take matters into your own hand. And if you see Google change your title tag, you can go rewrite your title tag to be more reflective of content on your page. And just maybe, just maybe, Google will use the one that you've written. Or you can go to support.google.com slash webmasters and just type into the search function, search feature, support.google.com. Uh, type into the search feature, your feedback on titles. That that'll that that will get you to um, the page that Google is promoting as their um, feedback page, and if you got a problem with what they did to your title, they want to know about it so they can train their machines to do better in the future. Um, so you're just really helping that. This is like this is like helping them choose the right hemp to hang you with. <laughs> um, seriously. <laughs> but I if you want i mean if this is what the, these are the options google's giving us so this is what you can do i actually have a third option to add to that so those ones that you already gave oh okay well go for it it doesn't and involve going is, postal or anything does it no oh, go for it go for it I, That's have, I know from personal experience at pubcoms with google people there that some of my articles get passed around google so google doesn't uh, ignore the industry as much as we think they do I don't know what they did with the articles, but they did. They told me they read the articles. Um, the industry could advocate for a meta tag that says, don't touch this page title. It wouldn't take Google yep. long to do it. It would give us complete control. And then if 
and, and Google could see the tag and know not to touch it. They already do it with the index. They already do it with other items. So why not just have the industry advocate in articles and publicly and on Twitter to Google that we want a tag that says don't touch my title tags on these pages or site-wide. And just be yeah. done with it. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not, they don't, when they rewrite it, they don't have any, they don't have any, um, nothing affects nope. them, right? When they rewrite it, they're not helping us. It's, they're not, it doesn't help them. There is one instance, one case where I can see Google and, 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 and see an argument for it. For, for what Google's doing, and that would be in passage indexing. But I don't think that there's enough examples of passage indexing happening out there. Um, and I really don't think you want to be terribly messing with the publishing industry to that degree. No, and let's put it this way. If we had a tag that did that, the only ones who would do it would be SEO. So there would be plenty of sites for them to still rewrite title tags. I'm <laughs> if they really wanna, <laughs> I'm guessing you know. like you know Yoast would put it into you know their tool and and they would be in the the web tools, but you know basically you know not eighty percent of the web would still not have that tag on there. But if you are taking the time and paying people in your company to write the title yeah. tags and do the research and do the testing on the click conversions and all that, Google shouldn't be able to just come in and do it because they think somehow it helps them make more money on ads. Okay, now again, two webmasters out there. This is so important. Google is screwing around with one in five title tags, maybe one in four in certain cases. Does that mean you shouldn't write your own title tags just because Google's going to come along and undo your work? Hell no. no. Write the very best title tags you possibly can and refine that. Learn how to get knocked down, stand up again, and write it again. Learn how to. Um, write the best tag and you will see good results from it. I mean, you've moved the needle with title tags alone, haven't you? Oh my gosh. I, okay. Here's one example. I was working at a e-commerce company that had written their title tags through some sort of programming. And we did a um, programmatic rewrite of 2 million title tags in one rollout, which took us three months to orchestrate the logic for Got 98% of them right. And even though they used almost all the same words, the reordering of the words and the words being more logical and understandable and clickable, um, we went up 12% over like in a week. Now, 12% doesn't sound like a lot, except they were doing 30 million visits a month. So 12% is quite significant and quite significant for the bottom line. 12% is one in seven. Like, yeah, that's a lot. That's substantial. Yeah, and that's every and that we wrote we wrote every title tag on the site at the same time and rolled it out at the same time. So I could directly say this increase was from those title tag rewrites. And then we could see on the pages that were more visited that they were getting better click-throughs because the title tags now made sense and they were written well. And um, where before they were just a, a hodgepodge of words stuck up there in a weird like order, random order. Yeah. Um, I suggest that, like the description meta tag, um, the uh, title tag is marketing text, and um, it's uh, there's a reason it was phrased the way it was phrased. Please yeah. respect that. Yeah, I really agree, and you know, like, and I am appreciative. Let's say of like the dis description fill-ins. Say I get a client who hasn't bothered to write a description tag in five years, and. Google fills all those in, great, because they're empty. 
But when you're talking about title tags and descriptions that are written, and especially well-written ones, and replacing them with just some random text in the page, it doesn't increase click-through rate. I have never seen it do it with any site. Now, Google may think it does because they're replacing just everybody, and those may have a lot of people who didn't write good title tags or descriptions. But our industry right now, I do know for a fact, there are people with very large sites that are suffering declines solely from Google doing this, and that's yeah. not okay. No. Oh, this is not okay at all. I mean, I mean to, to, to hammer a dead horse here, um, this, this is people's livelihoods. It's kids' college funds coming out of a pandemic um, in, in, in a world that's falling towards e-com. Um, this is just making Amazon like that much stronger. It's just, it's not fair. It's not fair to, 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 to um, you know, people who are really trying to make a living using this medium. Yeah, and I and I agree, and I think when we say not fair, then a lot of people are like, "Well, Google, it's Google's property, and do what they want." Google only exists because of all the creators and publishers, and e-commerce stores, and all the money that people put in them, and all the money they put into SEOs to make sure they fit Google standards. So when Google just decides willy-nilly, we're just going to change things that really aren't that impactful for us. Like I get them in changing things like, you know, site speed because it costs them a lot of money to crawl the web. But this isn't theirs. This isn't their content. This isn't their site. They should not have the ability to just go and do that. And they do. But there, I don't feel there's a good argument for them doing it. Just like you said, I think it's an ethics sure. question. Because they're, like you said, behind, I always say, SEOs stand between people getting hired and fired. We do our jobs well, people get employed. We do our jobs poorly, people get fired. Well, when Google messes up our title tags, and like one site I know someone's having a problem with is down 20%. Well, people lose jobs because of that. And that's yeah. when I, that's the ethics line for me in SEO with Black Hat, with Penguin, with this, anything. When you start to affect people's ability to feed themselves, pay their health insurance, and go home and, you know, take their kids to a movie, that's when it's an ethics issue. And I think this is one of those issues. There you, there you go. Couldn't, I couldn't have said that better <laughs> myself. <laughs> Look, I can I can only introduce this next story. We're actually before we can talk about this because there's a lot a lot to unpack here. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to take a break. But um, in a page that should have been titled "GSC Goes Gaboiki," August twenty uh, third to twenty fourth, search <laughs> discover. Uh, I like my it, it, Google actually just just wrote um, August twenty three to twenty four search discover, but I like my title better. GSC goes gaboiki. Uh, I like that. I like that word. <laughs> I, I do too. I mean, I, lots of people will search for it, and it and it's descriptive of what really happened. So <laughs> you know, it works. But we can't talk about GSC going gaboiki yet because we got to uh, take a commercial break here on Webcology on WMR.fm. So, friends, you're listening to the show that was recorded live to podcast on the 26th of August, 2021. Summer is really, really so close to being almost gone. Um, on behalf of Christine Jackinger from Sites Without Walls, is Jim Hedge of Joy's Media. Stick around. we got more coming up after these messages. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Web Culture and WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. Um, Dave is uh, doing the sensible thing and riding his bike down a mountain today. Um, so listeners should know that we um, substituted our title for one that Google had written itself. We feel terrible about it. Um, All apologies to Google. We know that you know what you wanted to say and we feel awful, awful for trying to rephrase it, knowing how much smarter you are than than, than, than we are. (laughs) But an internal problem caused a data loss in search and discover performance during this, during um, the period between August 23rd and 24th, users might have seen a significant drop in their performance reports during this period. This does not reflect a drop in clicks or impressions on your site, only missing data in Search Console. Uh, that was the report that they offered to webmasters, gently rewritten by myself, because I like the way I wrote it better than the way they wrote it. Um, and um, if you saw something screwy in Search Console in your performance reports. It's not you, it's Goog. What do you do with that information, eh? <laughs> Wait for it to fix itself and tell your clients not to freak out? <laughs> well, indeed. Um, it, indeed. That's, what, that's, that's all you can do with that information. And yeah, I guess you have to balance it out in your monthly reports. Um, make little red circles when you do your um, quarterly reports. Make even smaller red circles when you do your annual reports. Well, you know, it'd be really nice. This is a Google tools thing in general for analytics and search console. And the date function, they should allow us to remove dates. Because like when you're a publisher, your publishing data is all messed up, right? You'll have like even, 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 and suddenly something will go viral and you have like two days of massive traffic. And then you have to eliminate that from everything and all your reporting for the next month because you're trying to report on averages and not that spike. And, and it would be really great if Google tools, you know, offered a way in the data. And then when you pick your dates, to also go exclude dates. And then just not add those dates in. They haven't done that. Well, I, agree with, I agree with you, but more... Dream. More to more to my point, in, in, in my stable clients right now, um, there are two major corporations that are so big that they haven't a clue what's actually happening in their world except for what the data shows them. Right. You know, it's, it's not like they can go down to the store and see what's happening. They're also going to go downstairs to the shop and check this out <laughs> because they're global. You know, it would take a while. So um, they hire lots of people like us to feed them data. Yeah. And um, the only solace is that we're all going to be feeding them the same relatively messed up data, I think, because Google's explanation of the problem said users might see or might not, you know, um, 
did this happen to everybody? Did everyone's uh, analytics get, get messed up? Um, incidentally, is this just in Search Console? Is this also in Google Analytics? What do I think moving forward? How does these? How do these numbers bunk out? Like this weird. Am I, am I wrong to be to feel this confused? No, not at all. I just say the only there's nothing to to do about it because we can't fix it. But I do find actually it's a little bit easier with clients you, if you write up with a link to Google saying that they did this. Um, that they have a data problem and that usually eliminates the issues. I usually get ahead of it too, as soon as I find it before anyone asks me. Because then it, they don't start freaking out and then contact you. They're like, oh, okay. This is already explained I mean, to me. I don't need to freak out. Let me maybe ask you this another way. Um, it's end of the month, basically, right? Like the, the 23rd pretty much starts the end of month reporting period, given that yeah. there's only two days at the 30th and 31st. So people start working on preparing their reports, looking at the analytics. Maybe they're not even working on the reports. They're just looking at the numbers, trying to figure out how they're going to report this month. Who's giving me the rebate for all the work that is absolutely useless to my clients that I did on the <laughs> 23rd and 24th? You know, um, at that point, you can probably use past data to project um, what those might have been and just say that these are estimates because it's only a couple of days and not like weeks. Indeed. No, indeed. Um, I did actually, I did have this little personal kind of freak out going, oh man, I work, I work all day on this and now you're telling me it's bunk. Oh, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what no, people are going to do. There's no solace, unfortunately. There's, <laughs> Google's not going to give us a hug and say sorry. So they we might. Maybe they just show us a big party or something. Call it a Google they used dance. To. Or... By the way, wouldn't that be awesome if they did those again? Because those were phenomenal. I am predicting the moment we're all able to start traveling on a predictable and regular basis again. So maybe if people get their acts together and get the needles in the arm um, in summer of next year, then we will see um, investment in fun as a means of advertising. You know, that's what it used to be when those those big search bashes, every one of the sponsors were investing in fun as a means of advertising. Yeah, and it was great advertising. Oh, it was. It was incredible. You couldn't, I mean, who, how, could you could you reach a bigger, better, more in-tuned crowd given the applications that were being, that were, that, 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 that were sponsoring, this is just for search bash, but for any tech conference, um, I'm, I'm Brett is going to be beating them off with a beating off Microsoft and and Google and and Adobe with a stick. Um, they'll be coming after him trying trying to throw money to sponsor events. Um, uh, come 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 next year's PubCons. Oh, and Brett, we'll be there to help you spend it if you really want. Promise. Um, <laughs> you really will. We're so good at that. <laughs> you know, I always tell site owners they should go. This is tangentially related to our industry, but to DefCon. Um, if they want uh, conference owners, if they want to get an idea of how to throw a conference, because DEF CON has increased every year for a decade. When I started going, there's like 12,000. Now there's 30,000 that go. I don't know how many this year because there's a mixed one, but it's fun. They do all sorts of fun, crazy stuff all day long, all night, totally immersed for three days in this conference. And they do it online during the year. And so you have such a great time that people just want to be there. And they, you know, they make their whole summer trip around going to DEF CON. So um, yeah, having fun at conferences and sponsoring the fun can be very beneficial. Absolutely. You know? Well, yeah. again, I think when the 
world reopens again when it's safe to travel again on mass and predictable most importantly if you if the insurance companies are going to cover anything or the large sponsors are going to actually pull out the five to six figure spends that face of these you know for real um they have to be able to be guaranteed that the event isn't going to be canceled because of an outbreak or um yeah. uh or that insurers will will um allow us to throw these events um and then and, and still offer insurance and stuff third party and then all that because it's brutal out there right now trying to schedule things or 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 to um try to look forward um more than uh six months into the future because nobody wants to take the risk yeah it totally makes sense too i mean like in vegas they put defcon as a go in april we we're in the great decline and we opened everything up without master distancing or vaccines and we were on the great upcline right before the conference started so they allowed people to rebate their you know their in person if they wanted to and do the online but that was just in two months difference so it's not even six months it can be as little as a month or two months right now so you yeah you make 100 percent a great point there again this is i mean this is all solvable friends i mean it's really it's not <laughs> it's it's solvable we can we can do this it's it's incomprehensible that we haven't been to this point but we haven't but we can um okay back to some seo stuff Right before I go to my rant. Um, well, you, when, know, uh, you know, advocating parties at conferences is really good SEO stuff. <laughs> go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. So when faced with uh, a decision of what to do on, about duplicate content, this is this is uh, really, really kind. A uh, poll was posted up on Twitter the other day um, and reported on um, by uh, our friend uh, Barry Schwartz at SEO Roundtable. But... Um, uh, SEO Sophie Brannon posted a Twitter poll asking um, what SEOs do with uh, uh, duplicate content issues. Um, vast majority canonicalization. The next answer. Okay, so, so like 58% uh, canonicalize. Just point Google to the right version of the content. 18.4%. <laughs> love this one. Rewrite everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 12%, 11.8%, no index. So throw, throw a no index on the pages you don't want indexed, which is a functional solution along with canonicalization. And 12.3% uh, uh, wrote other, not sure what the other might be. Um, uh, bird server to ground, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the thing that, the thing that made me happy is for one of the, one of the very few times I see like almost you, what you can call universal or supermajority agreement on something. What did I miss sir? <laughs> oh, were you just off air for a second? No, I had a cough. So I put it on mute and I don't think I heard what you said. Sorry about oh, that. Oh my goodness. Well, super, I, what I'm saying is like, I'm happy to see in this poll what appears to be something close to supermajority agreement on something rather simple in SEO canonicalization. Ah, um, yeah. So again, the numbers, the numbers as that broke down, um, 58% uh, answered canonicalize, 18% answered rewrite everything. 
Um, a fun <laughs> answer at best. Um, Twelve percent using O index, which I actually kind of like because because that's that's a um, hammer it down with a big railroad st stake stake kind of solution. Um, ah. And a further twelve percent will do something else. You, if you're going to use a no index, also canonicalize. But again, I just mm. love the the big railroad stake through the heart of the problem there. Um, <laughs> Well, Google wouldn't would it read your canonical tag on a no index because it's not reading the code page. It wouldn't care. It just wouldn't care at all. Um, the canonical goes on on the page that is, and should also go on your also on your page that to direct. The canonical directs to the good page, the real good content. So yeah, Google wouldn't care at that point because it's on the no index. Well, I would say one thing to be careful with the no index though is to make sure you don't have a lot of links or good links to that page. Yeah. They will they will die with the no index. So um, I would canonicalize a page that has good links or lots of links. If it had no links or bad links, then no index. Canonicalize was the right answer, though. The, that just got yeah. a kick out of the no index. So he like, yeah, well, if you but really no. want to kill the problem. That should do yeah. it. But I you're right about the links. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a site that had a um, penalty for thing content manual action. And we just had to no index them. We tried the redirect thing and Google didn't like it. So we just no index them all. Sometimes you just have to put that nail in that heart. But I agree, most of the time canonicalize or even rewrite if it's, you know, they were only similar duplicate, not fully duplicate. Yeah, but I mean, think about some of the um, duplicate issues people have on e-com sites where yeah. you're featuring the same product, you're probably drawing from the same database as five, six, 30,000 other e-coms. Um, that's an issue, a, ba a bad, bad issue for you. Um, that's yeah. a rewrite content. Um, but if you're, if, 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 if a, because I mean, if, let's say you're a car dealership or a used car dealership, and you're presenting the exact same content as the next used car dealership, like two blocks down the down the road, that's a problem. Um, you need to rewrite. But if it's um, a uh, 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 you know you know you know how a page um, I'm, I'm I'm losing the right word for it. Um, a page has a whole bunch of different options you can mix and match, and then you suddenly have this infinite collection of pages as the uh, spider goes through it. Now, um, God damn, I mean, the I two billion I had on the one site I worked on? Yeah, on two not billion? nested content. Um, a few faceted, it was a faceted. Faceted, thank you, faceted. faceted. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. That's canonicalization. Like that will canonicalization will or should solve that problem. Yes. Uh, well, canonicalization also it depends that we also we we wrote JavaScript so that Google couldn't click the links in the faceted nav, so it couldn't create pages. So that also helps. <laughs> that, but it, yep. it was creating pages for every item in the faceted nav because it was a SPA setup. So I would well, say the big the big comment I have on this is. Um, the typical SEO comment, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a hard stop of right now. We have a show coming up behind us in the studio. So, um, and we are very, very, very close to going over. 
Um, before we go, though, we have to reiterate, and we talked about this for a bit. I know this is very important to Christine. It's really important to me. COVID-19 is real. We are being um, inundated in our society right now by a variant of it, and it's one of, of several variants that um, have emerged. Um, get a vaccine. Stay away from people. Wear a mask if you are in public, even if you've already been vaxxed. Um, we can get this under control, but we really got to work on it. In the meanwhile, friends, stay safe, stay well, rank well, and uh, be well. We'll talk to you next week. Woo! That was fun. Yeah, I think so. Express and this WMR.fm program are those of the guests and hosts thank- and do not necessarily you, reflect those thank of the staff so and management of WMR.fm. So Any rebroadcast, republication, or... Are you looking for the best 